Father, I just ask that you'd be with us. Holy Spirit, come challenge us, come speak to us. Um, I pray you speak through me, Lord, and I pray that you give us ears to hear um, and eyes to see. And I pray that um, these words will not just be words that fall to the ground or to deaf ears, but will become a part of our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So I'm like uber stoked to be back with you guys um, after being in Texas for the last two Sundays and missing all y'all. Um, it's been amazing. Had a great time visiting Revolution Church, which is our twin church over in um, San Antonio, Texas. Brap, brap. Um, everyone's got a gun there. Uh, I found out Pastor Zach has about seven guns. Um, yeah, one guy, when we were having dinner together, one of the guys said, um, oh, I've only got three guns. And then Zach started laughing and said, oh, so you're against guns then. Uh, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. But awesome. Had an amazing, amazing time out there. Picked up some habits I never thought I'd pick up. I now love cigar smoking. Um, don't know why I said that. Nervous twitch. But um, yeah, cool. If you want to see, yeah, my wife's like, you ain't smoking cigars at home. But um, hell yeah. So um, yeah, amazing, amazing time out there. If you want to see the, the talk I kind of gave at Revolution Church, you can check it out on our website, um, cityhill.org.uk. Um, we're finishing off our series of the Anchorman 3 Good News. And um, I want to spend a little bit of time plugging the next series we're doing because I'm uber, uber stoked to be doing it. Um, on the plane, on the way, not even there, on the plane, I was sitting there picking what film to watch and I watched this film called The Fifth Estate. It's all about um, WikiLeaks. It's, it's epic. Um, I just love anything with Cumberbatch in. I was like, oh, it's Cumberbatch. Ooh, let's watch that. <laughs> so um, I, I loved it. It was amazing on the plane. He didn't disappoint, um, and it was a really good film. But it just blew my mind. And as soon as I finished watching the film, normally I just go straight into the next one on planes because I hate planes. But um, I didn't. I spent a little while thinking, wow, that's really deep. That's really deep. And then it occurred to me, actually, WikiLeaks isn't original, and that this dude Jesus kind of rocked up in our world and said, there is more. This is not the truth. This is real but it's not the truth. I'm the truth and I'm gonna show you what the truth is. And so for the next four weeks, we're gonna be looking at how Jesus is gonna be revealing some truths into our lives, into our world. And it's just gonna be so, so, so dope, y'all. So um, yeah, just stay with that. It's gonna be a wicked, wicked series. Bring your friends, it's gonna be amazing. But um, one of the things that happened while I was in Texas was, um, you're gonna hear a lot about Texas now, after the service, for like forever. I'm a Texan now. Uh, when I went to America before, I'd say like, I'm from New York, uh, cause I love New York, but New York is like divorced. New York is dead to me. Texas is where it's at. Gun toting, steak eating, just love it. Bible belt bashing, awesome place, love it. Texas is my home. So um, yeah, one of the guys, they, they snuck a few things into my case. Um, luckily I saw that before I went to customs and lied. Is there anything in your case? No, no, there is nothing in my case. No, they, they, they put it in my case. I was crashing at someone's place the night before leaving. And um, there was two things. One, I would not bring out. Uh, because I think they bought them for me thinking underpants and it said free hugs. I thought that was funny. They were women's underpants. <laughs> Can't really be wearing those. Won't be having kids if I do. So um, we've, I've left them at home. But um, what I do have is one of the guys, they put this Anchorman pen in my bag, which I just thought was so awesome. And I guess the reason why we're going to be looking at Anchorman today, we're going to finish that series, and we're looking at Ron Burgundy and uh, the Gospel of John. Um, sorry for those of you at the back who probably won't be able to hear the pen. Um, but if you don't know about John, well... <laughs> but, um, I'm kind of a big deal. 
He's kind of a big deal. And the Gospel of John is kind of a big deal. And you see, if you engage with the Gospel of John and it's kind of a big deal, what ends up happening is you end up living a life a bit like this. You stay classy, City Hill. You stay classy. When you've encountered the Gospel of John and what it has for you, it changes everything. Now, hopefully by the end of this talk, it'll come this moment where we'll have this opportunity to engage with Jesus. And then what will end up hopefully happening is you'll feel a bit like this. I'm in a glass case of emotion. You'll be in a glass case of emotion. But ultimately what will happen is Jesus wants to break out of that case. So um, there's my wrong burgundy quotes for the talk today. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. They put that in my case. Um, I appreciate that gift. Guys, if you're listening, women's knickers, not my thing. Not going to wear them. Or am I wearing them today? Who knows? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Am I? No, uh, I'm not. I'm really not. So, one of the things that happened when I was over there, like, it was really cool. I was at this thing. Like, I haven't taken it off yet. No, I have. I put them back on today. The C3 conference. Um, Zach took me to this conference, it was really cool, like uh, a pastor called Ed Young, he's pastor of Fellowship Church, they started a long time ago, I was greatly encouraged by their story, the night before the conference started, they had all the pastors there and they were sharing stories, and basically their church started with 30 families, 30 families, and like, it so encouraged me because he shared all the bad bits, and um, they had a, a, a person who had like loads of money they put into the church, and when they didn't like what Ed Young was doing, they took all their money back, and they ripped the sound system out they bought, everything and this to get this right this is the craziest thing i've ever heard in church they hung up three black reefs in the children's area because she did the children's work so like she was like kind of letting the kids know they are dead to her like that is that is pretty i mean i didn't even know they do black reefs has anyone seen a black reef at a funeral right no they must have painted or spray painted them black that's dedication to expressing your pain, pain and hurt. As, as I heard that, I was like, man, our church is awesome. <laughs> this is great. And at, at that time, the next day I got to see his church, it's a 10,000 seater auditorium. And so I was like, wow, we could really go places. We have no black reefs. This is great. This is great. So kind of um, be encouraged. But I met this guy called Pace, who um, from Tuesday was driving from Texas all the way up to Washington, DC, driving removal vans as him and his wife were going to plant a church in DC, which I thought is just so cool. Like, they've got no one to go with them, a bit like we did, it was just kind of me and Joe at the beginning, a few people said maybe we will, maybe we won't, but this guy's driving all the way to DC knowing no one but his sister or sister-in-law, I can't remember which, to start a church. I was like, you're a legend. But um, what happened was when I got back from Texas, <laughs> I, I went to sleep and you know how it is, you know, jet lag, crazy, woke up at like 2 a.m. like, I am wide awake, I am wide awake. And um, I went to sleep and I had this dream and in this dream, um, Pace was in it, which is a bit weird considering I only just met him. He did buy me Chick-fil-A though, so that's kind of a lasting impression. Had this amazing date in the drive-through, me and Pace. Hi Pace, how you doing? It was a bit, you know, leg, no, there was no leg touching. Um, and um, we had lunch together and he was just a really cool guy. And in this dream, what happened was I was showing him around the church, City Hill Church. We had a building. And um, this definitely isn't a vision like from God that relates to a building because the building was like minging. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was like a hole. It was that bad. It was really, really minging. And as I'm showing him around, I'm like, oh, we have, I'm thinking in my head, we have a building. I didn't even know we had a building. This is great. Um, kind of going around the dream, pitch black, can't see anything. And then it was kind of like the movie Signs. If you've seen the film Signs, you can hear the aliens running around, like pitter patter across the roof from the feet. And it's really scary. Um, I watched that with one of my best ever friends. We were all sitting there, the three of us, watching the film, having beer. And he's got like one of those huge projector screens up. 
with the 50 million point one Dolby surround sound, where it's like the alien is breathing on your neck. You can feel real alien breath. It is amazing. I really recommend his sound system. And um, we were really scared. And all I remember is at the end of the film, there came this moment where the film had stopped, Windows Movie Player had come to the end. There was nothing left. We were chatting about the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a great film. That was a great film. It was really cool. And then I kid you not, I'm telling you the honest to God truth, we heard the same pitter-patter of feet across the ceiling. And there's just the three of us. Rob runs for his rifle. I ran for like a wooden stick of some sort. And uh, we turned around and Pete was gone. We're like, where is Pete? Where is Pete? I don't know where Pete is, where is Pete? We're thinking, has the alien got him? We start sweeping the house. There's a downstairs to the front door. We check that, check the toilet, go back upstairs to check the three bedrooms and the other toilet. And we've got through two bedrooms. We've got through the toilet. There's nothing there. There's one bedroom left. He's there. He's doing all these army signals. And I'm going, I have no idea what you're doing. And then it gets this moment where he does the one I understand. Three, two, and then he gets to one and Pete reappears. We're like, where the flippin' heck have you been? And he's standing there, I kid you not, if you've seen the film Signs, you'll get this. He's standing there with a glass of water. <laughs> a glass of water. If you haven't seen Signs, water is used to kill the aliens. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, what are you doing with a glass of water? He said, it's for the a a alien aliens. <laughs> like, even if it was aliens, who says it's the aliens from Signs? What are you gonna do? We're expecting a burglar. He's got a gun, I've got a bat, and he's gonna go, splash, don't you ever come here again. It was just absolutely insane. And it was like that. We're in this dream. I was scared. I was kind of shaking in my sleep. And I woke up kind of horrified. And um, I remember this moment before I woke up in the film. Because you always remember, like, the last bit. And um, I kind of got my phone out. I thought, I'm going to phone the person in charge. And I phoned up. And this woman answered the phone. And I was like, hey, we've got a real problem here. You need to sort these lights out. These lights aren't working. There's no lights. And then she said to me, you need to mind your mouth. I said, are you crazy? I'm fumbling around the pitch black. I can't see a thing. There's things walking around and crawling around that I don't know what they are, but they don't sound human. And you're telling me, I need to mind my mouth. The lights are out. She says, listen, I'm not gonna tell you again, mind your mouth. And I'm like, are you crazy? All I've said is the lights are out. And she says, you say that to me one more time, this conversation is dead. And then I kind of woke up in a hot sweat because the things were getting really close at that point. And um, I went downstairs like wide awake because it's 2 a.m. and I'm like on Texas time and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to, do a rodeo and um, yeah I'm kind of like high on whatever life and um, I'm downstairs and I really felt God kind of say to me that this morning and the thing for today and what we'd be looking at is 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 mind your mouth is mind your mouth it's mind the things that you say it's watch what you say it's watch what you confess because we we say things and sometimes the things that we say aren't necessarily true now in Genesis 1 verse 1 um, there's this great opening line um, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and this God, in, in the original language it's written in, the word for God is Elohim. And it, in Hebrew, you have singular, you have dual, and you have plural. And so Elohim is plural. So it's saying, not singular God, not, not dual, but kind of three more or more. And in the passage, what we see is we see this God creator. Um, so creator. We see that mirrored in the New Testament. We see of a father, God the Father. And then it says in the next verse, and the Spirit of God ho Ooh, hovered over the tent. No, I feel a bit Old Testament today. We're in a tent. How great is this? We are like Moses, brap, brap. Um, so like um, the Spirit of God like hovered over the waters. That's what it says, hovered over the waters. And in the New Testament, we read of like the Holy Spirit. So we're like, okay, that makes sense. And then for thousands of years, people would have probably been confused because you'd have seen God creator and you'd have seen the Spirit of God 
in the opening two verses of Genesis, but it's like, but the word is three. It's, it's three or more. It's three or more. There's only two. This is, this is crazy. It's crazy. And then this guy, John, in his gospel, and the gospels are good news. So John is a bit like Ron Burgundy breaking open the news story for thousands of thousands of years, which would have baffled and confused people. He starts off his gospel, his good news, by proclaiming one thing. He says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. No, the word was God and the word was with God. And then in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh and blood and lived among us. And then he goes to drop the ultimate bomb and says that word, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Now, in our society, what we do is we look at the Bible, we look at the tradition of, of Genesis 1 as a chapter, and we, we use it as like a mocking thing. Like Ricky Gervais does whole stand-up comedy shows on Genesis 1. And um, Richard Dawkins lays into Genesis 1. Everyone who's anyone a part of the New Atheist movement loves Genesis uh, chapter 1. They think this is it. This is where you kick a Christian and you can kick them when they're down. And then you can do elbow drops. You can do the rock bottom. You can do anything you want because Genesis 1 exists. Everything's like a big laughing stock. Now, I want to read to you something which is by... Um, I'm going to butcher his name because I'm not good with names. Oh, dear God. Um, Michio Kaku. Um, I pray he never here's this he's gonna be like oh man i'm offended that is not my name um michio kaku 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 it's like kaka but kaku kaku i shouldn't do that i just made a situation worse for him um and he says this he says i work in something called string theory that's what i do for a living in fact that's my day job i'm the co-founder of string field theory one of the main branches of string theory the latest version of string theory is called M-theory, M for membrane. So we now realize that strings can coexist with membranes. So the subatomic particles we see in nature, the quartz, the electrons, are nothing but musical notes on a tiny vibrating string. I thought that's amazing. You see, what they do is, and what we've done as a society, is we take the Bible and what it says in the book of Genesis, and we've lynched it, like the seven-day creationism, all these type of things, and we've lynched it, we've kicked it to pieces, we've laughed at it, we've mocked at it. But the one thing that Genesis says in the first verse and in the first chapter that no one gives any credit for is that God spoke all things into being. And what he's saying here is when you get to the smallest level of everything, it's all just vibrations. It's musical notes. It's a sound that's just a, a beautiful sound going throughout the cosmos, going amongst all of us. And then John says, I know this dude that made this noise. I know the one who gave life, who spoke everything into being. I know the one who sustains it all. I know him. He became flesh, he became blood, and he lived among us in our situation. And the reason Jesus kind of had to do what he had to do and come among us, and this whole point of this good news, is we started singing out a tune. We started to miss the key. We started to miss the octave. We started to make a note that didn't work anymore. And when that happened, it knocked the whole universe out of its alignment. And what Jesus says is, I'm going to come in. I'm going to give you the tune. I'm going to tell you how to sing in this note, in this key. I'm going to bring the pitch back together because I'm the one who sustains all things. And so John says, it's all about this guy word. It's all about this spoken word. 
And so often we look at Genesis 1 and we think it's all just a joke, but actually it's beautifully written. It's actually a poem in the original Hebrew language. There's repetitions of 10 and of 7. And it's actually written by a woman. Uh, many people don't know that. It stands alone from the rest of Genesis. It's, it's very, very different. It's very unique. But actually what we have in this artistic piece is a God who's written something so beautiful that throughout all generations of time, from the beginning of thousands and thousands of years ago to today's world, we can all understand that it can connect with us and challenge the way we see things. And right here, right now, it agrees with everything that the latest science is saying in string theory is that there's just this great note that is holding all things together. And, and the Bible says that it was God that spoke that note into being. And so sin kind of came in, a buff note, a buff note, no, buff, that's kind of like a good-looking note, isn't it? That's like a really sexy note. No, an unsexy note. Um, air minging? What, what was that? That wasn't even meant. Air minging? It's like a really minging note. Knocks everything out of alignment. And so he realizes he needs to fix this. And how does he choose to fix this? He fixes this by becoming flesh and blood and becoming among us. And then he gives his life in realigning things. The beautiful thing is, and I'm not going to speak much longer today. I'm pretty much going to end it on this note. Do you like that note? I thought that was amazing. All last night, I was like, oh, thank you. Come on, poets. All last night, I was like, end on this note. Oh, bunting. So um, I love that. You guys didn't. I don't care. I'm enjoying myself. So yeah, um, what we're going to look at now is you see, John doesn't just write this gospel. He writes a few little, little letters here and there. And the cool one that he writes, which loads of Christians love reading for the weirdness in it, is a book called Revelation, which just when you read it is like the world's greatest guy on an acid trip is what it sounds like. Let's be real. Let's be real. If you don't think that, like horns, multiple, yeah, you know, if you read that and think that's normal, good luck. Great. I wonder how you'll survive in life. But anyway, so he, he writes this book. And at the end of this book, as he brings it all to a close in Revelation 21, he says this really great and amazing thing because he's, he's made the point, Jesus made the point while he's here on this earth that everything is dying, everything's coming to an end, that we are dying, we know it. Our vibrations doesn't last forever. We fade away. We start to get gray hairs and we die. And um, what Jesus says is, he says in Revelation 21 is he says, watch this guys, watch this. He says, Behold, he says to John, behold, I'm going to make all things new, all things new. And when he says, he says that in the, in the Greek language, what he's saying is a continuous new. He's going to keep it and renew it. The note is going to be sustained. The vibration is going to be sustained. He's going to uphold and sustain all of this. He says, behold, I'm going to make all things new. I'll make a new heaven, a new heaven, Hebrew understanding heaven everywhere but earth and a new earth. Earth is Earth, <laughs> pretty much. Yay, wow. So he's going to make all these things new. And then he lets us know a little glimpse of what that note's going to look like, what it's going to sound like. And it sounds to me like really beautiful. He says, there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more poverty, no more sadness, no more tears, no more crying. He says, I will wipe away every tear from their eyes, what it says in the English language. But that's not really what it says. In the Greek, it says, I will obliterate tears. It's not a God who's going to sit there wiping away every tear from your eye. There's going to be no more need for tears. It's all going to be done away with. And he's going to create and sustain things and keep all things new. Now, what does that mean for us? It means for us here and now that in John's gospel and in the gospels, and in the Bible, we can see this picture of a note and of a sound that has gone wrong. But he calls us to do this thing in the New Testament called repentance, which means to turn around, to go a different way. And the thing that God is calling us to do is he's calling us to turn around, to realign ourselves with the song, to get back on the hymn sheet, to get back on the same page as him. And that through that, he wants to sustain us and he wants to change our lives here and now. But ultimately, the truth that we hope for 
is that when Jesus comes again, he is going to sustain us, that he is going to keep us, and that through him we are going to live, and the note is going to be beautiful, and it is going to sound different in this world, and we are not going to get no pain, sickness, or death anymore. These things will have passed away, and he will continually sustain us. I'm just going to kind of pray for us now as um, we wrap this up. Father, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you for what you're saying to us this morning. I thank you, God, that you are just absolutely amazing. Um, And I pray that we would mind our mouths. We can speak life and we can speak death. I thank you, Father, that you spoke life and all things were made. I thank you that by these vibrations, this beautiful, beautiful hymn sheet that you're singing from that sustains our world and everything about us. We just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for that mercy and that that grace that allows us to have this. Father, we thank you that when things got out of alignment, when we started to be in this place that we're in now, we thank you you didn't leave us this way, but that you, the the spoken word, you became flesh and blood and you died for us and you, you made a way to bring all things back. I thank you that when you come back, you're gonna make all things new and that you're going to sustain us, and you're going to sustain a new heaven and a new earth. And I thank you, God, that it won't suck like this, that we won't know pain anymore, we won't know suffering anymore. Father, I just ask that right now, by your Holy Spirit, you would come and meet with us as we are, because your word says that um, blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Those of us who are hurting, those of us in pain, because that's what happens in this life, we just pray you would draw near to us, and you would help us to mourn effectively, that it would lead us um, to your joy, and lead us to your comfort, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So that's it for this week. Um, I want to encourage you guys to mind your mouth this week. And I want to encourage you to go out and speak life to those that you meet and just be really, really upbeat because um, that's how things are meant to be. And I want to encourage you that one day things won't suck like they do now. And there's hope for here and now, but there's an ultimate hope that lies ahead that is so, so beautiful and precious. And I really want to encourage you. Next week is going to be totally, absolutely awesome. We start the new series, WikiLeaks. Check out the website. Um, it's been hacked. It's been taken over. It's now got a new feel and vibe to it. We've got animation now. Woo. So, cool. Yeah, have a great week. Blessed.